We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're reacting to week 15 on Roto-Viz Radio. Welcome into the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners here at Rotoviz. Unfortunately, Curtis had something come up and could not join us as I record this on Monday evening with two games occurring tonight. So it will just be me. An absolutely brutal week for a lot of players from a fantasy perspective, unable to field squads that they feel would put their teams at the strength in which they were at for the duration of the season. Um, you know, we had some teams um, between the ownership group here that faced some real unfortunate circumstances where you're really scrambling to get squads together. I had a couple of teams, things were looking good. Uh, Hunter Henry putting up a lot of points for me on Thursday night. And then struggling to to fill out a decent roster. And you have guys like Jamar Chase putting up 1.3 points for me in one league. Uh, Alvin Kamara not contributing like normal. So I think a lot of people really reeling after this week. But that's just how things shake out sometimes in this very, very frustrating game. Quick housekeeping note. We will be here uh, probably one more time this week, likely recording on Tuesday night with an episode coming out on Wednesday morning, uh, with it being a very busy time of the year. That's probably all we will have this week. But with that out of the way, I'm going to quickly share with you that we're offering a special uh, holiday season rate of 15% off of a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RV Radio 2021 at checkout. So if you have yet to subscribe, it is a wonderful time of the year to take advantage of that offer. Also, this week, uh, the Rookie Guide presales will start to be available. Uh, we will probably quickly touch upon that on Wednesday's episode. So I think it's time that we announce. The player of the week. And I'm really, really pumped about this because this is a player that for many seasons I'd added to a number of teams, hoping that at some point he'd get the chance to really control the backfield. It never happened. 
in the way that I would have liked. But Duke Johnson coming in off of the street for the Miami Dolphins, as I record this, the RB1 in PPR scoring for running backs in week 15, my man Duke puts up 107 yards on 22 rushing attempts, two rushing touchdowns, caught one reception for 20 yards and finishes with 25.7 points. It would be impossible not to give Duke Johnson the player of the week award here. And I am very, very happy to do so. Oh boy. Snoozer of the week. I thought about going with Jamar Chase. 1.3 points. Four targets, one reception, three yards. But I have to go over to quarterback where there was a player in Tom Brady that played in a disappointingly unexciting Sunday night matchup in which he put up just 214 passing yards on 48 attempts, did not throw for a touchdown, had one interception, took four sacks, had a costly fumble on a scramble and puts up just 4.8 points. When his managers pulled up their matchup preview for the week on whatever platform they were playing, they were not expecting less than five points from Mr. Tom Brady. They were probably penciling in 20, 25 points. Super disappointing performance, especially for those of you that had him as your saving grace to carry you across the finish line at the end of the day. Just very, very disappointing. And with that out of the way... Let's get into some game notes. So we're going to stay in Tampa for our first NFC team that we talk about this week. And that is because, as you surely heard, uh, Chris Godwin, unfortunately, has played his last game of 2021, suffered a torn ACL in that game against the Saints. And it's also notable that Mike Evans at this point is being reported as week to week with a strained hamstring. So the team does have Antonio Brown coming back. It's been a while now since we've seen him. He suffered an injury early on in the season, then got suspended. We have not seen him for some time, but he was playing a very big role and doing pretty darn well prior to uh, his absence. So he will slot back into the lineup, should pick up a lot of the slack left by Godwin. In that game last night, Gronk saw 11 targets, Tyler Johnson, seven, Cameron Bright, four, Scotty Miller, three, Jalen Darden, three. Of those players, I think that if we were going to see any of them pick up the slack, I do think that Tyler Johnson has the best chance of continually of continuing to play a larger role. Now, if we look at the season in totality uh, and we look at the players outside of Godwin's Evans, Brown, and Gronkowski, uh, Tyler Johnson is the player that has the most targets on the season. Brashad Perriman in three games has nine targets. Uh, he could be coming back. He was on the uh, reserve COVID list. Um, and it looks like he does have a chance for returning in week 16, given the current COVID protocols. Uh, so we could see some impact from him, maybe a couple of looks here and there for Jalen Darden. Um, but 
I don't think that you're going to see anybody slate in for a very significant role as we move forward, uh, unless perhaps you continue to see Mike Evans unavailable. But I still think those targets will largely be spread across the players that are there. Pretty good uptick probably for Gronk. I think that will stay. So I'm not sure that there's anything too notable other to speak about here, um, except for the fact that perhaps... uh, you know, maybe you get an uptick in Gronk and maybe Johnson's the the guy if you're really in a bind that you try to acquire from the waiver wire. In the AFC, Houston is a team that we have not talked about very much this year for obvious reasons. A team that is not flush with uh, fantasy talent or playing a very relevant role um, in the NFL this season. Uh, just for a quick note, the team currently sits at Three and eleven, but uh, when you play in a division with the Jaguars, you will not be last place in your division, the AFC South. On the year, the team has put up two hundred and seven points, allowed three hundred and seventy-two. Yeah, not the type of performance that's going to get you talked about a lot on a fantasy football podcast. But let's take a minute here and just appreciate what Brandon Cooks has been able to do this year. In Week Fifteen, he saw ten targets. Uh, seven receptions, those coming via Davis Mills, put up 102 yards and two touchdowns and route to a 29.2 point performance across the season. Brandon Cook's carrying a 27.4 uh, target share for the team. 119 targets has converted 67 of those 80 per, uh, 80 wrecks, five touchdowns. Uh, also has had a handful of rushes. 206.6 PPR points on um, the season. Now, I normally like to look at things in terms of points per game, but I do think that given the fact that he's played um, in 14 games, that has certainly been useful. And when you look at things from that perspective, he's in the wide receiver two conversation. Um, also, from a points per game perspective, he's in that conversation as well. So, uh, very, very awesome stuff for teams that managed to get Brandon Cooks. And we're hoping that there'd be one bright spot in this Texans offense and it might be him. So he has really uh, been able to stand out this year. If we quickly stop and take a moment to think about Brandon Cooks from a fantasy perspective, he is currently 28. This was his, oh, excuse me, this was his. Yeah, this was his eighth year uh, in the league. He has one more year with the Texans, his year 29 season. It does not seem likely that this team is able to bring in any other wide receivers of note um, in free agency uh, unless they're really, really willing to spend on the position or they try to address a need through the draft. But it's a team that probably has a lot of gaps they need to fill. That's something we'll talk about more as things uh, progress into the off season. But I think that cooks is pretty well positioned to do similar things this year as he did to la uh, as he did this year. So I think you're looking at one more year, at least of this type of production. Uh, but yeah, very impressive stuff from Brandon cooks in 2021. So if we head back over to the NFC, pretty interesting. If one takes a look at, uh, what is happening with the wide receiver usage in San Francisco, uh, across the team's last five games. Now, keep in mind, Debo Samuel missed one of those games, 
with George Kittle with a 28.5% target share, followed by Brandon Ayuk with 22.6. Then you have Jennings at 11.7 and Debo at 8.8. But yeah, 31 targets for Ayuk, uh, 39 for Kittle, just 12 for Debo. Now he has seen a lot of work as a rusher with 28 rushing attempts, but this has allowed Ayuk to up his scoring. He actually has 65.7 points across his last five games. Now, Debo's at 69 on just four, but for Ayuk, that's a pretty marked improvement from what we saw earlier in the year. That brings him up to 13.2 points uh, per game in that time period. Uh, and, And just as a point of reference, if we look at weeks 11 through 21, uh, and we look at total scoring in that period. Ayuk has the 21st most points uh, in totality. Let me quickly break that into a per game stat here for us. And when we do that, he's been the wide receiver 25 in that time span. So, you know, that is a pretty good improvement. If you look at weeks one through five, for example, when the team was operating differently, uh, San Francisco's breakdown at the wide receiver position was as follows. You had Ayuk at 15 targets in four games. And in that stretch, he scored just 23.8 points. So he had uh, just 24 points across four games uh, between weeks one and five. So he was averaging just six points a game. So pretty big improvement there for him as the season has moved on. If you are a manager with Ayuk in in Dynasty, you have to hope that this continues. Uh, And and I think that we will see him remain um, involved in a similar fashion to what we have seen now for a number of weeks. Will the team continue to use Debo out of the backfield this much and not use him as that, that, you know, as often as a wide receiver? Time will tell. my gut instinct would tell me that you see these these distributions for him start to revert a little bit more toward him being used more often as a receiver than he is now. But time will tell. So that's my note on San Francisco. I found that one to be pretty interesting, uh, pretty encouraging. But let's pop back over once uh, back over once more to the AFC. Sorry, I think my audio just cut out there for a second. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, 
everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Well, I want to take a, a second here and just talk about Jalen Guyton, uh, a player for the Chargers at the wide receiver position that has not seen uh, his target share in any stretch creep up in to the double digit range has been down more around seven or eight, depending on how you cut up the season for his target share. But in the last three games has caught nine out of nine targets recorded three receiving touchdowns. 187 receiving yards and across the last three games with 45.6 points is the highest scoring wide receiver for the Chargers. Of course, Keenan Allen missed a game uh, and Guyton is probably not going to be the type of player that, um, you know, you can rely on week in and week out for production. But I do think that he remains an intriguing name Certainly, as you start doing best ball drafts next uh, for next season, which will probably be starting, you know, late January, early February, definitely a name to keep in mind. And I also think to me is still a guy that could be interesting in Dynasty just because Justin Herbert has been such a solid passer throughout the beginning of his career. If we look at the quarterback numbers, we're going to see that uh, on this season. His uh, 32 touchdowns, only trailing Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. Uh, in terms of overall yards, he's only behind Tom Brady. He's actually only thrown 542 times, which is less than Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, but is up there in the yardage, up there in the touchdowns. Um, his YPA, pretty solid among quarterbacks that have thrown a lot of passes. Uh, the guy is just good. There's no way around it. And I think as a result of that, this Los Angeles Chargers offense is going to continue to remain one that can produce fantasy points. Team ranks third in points earned per play. Um, their points above average. Uh, they rank second in um, their, their points above replacement. They are first in, um, I should probably provide some definitions of what these metrics are. Uh, let me pull those up quickly. Well, I'll, I'll just give the general idea. These are really just looking at um, different things that you can use to compare teams in similar situations. Uh, and what they're telling us is that in comparison to your average team, the Chargers have been uh, much stronger in converting their passing attempts into scoring um, and in comparison to more or less an average team, much more efficient. So there's just a lot of good things when you look at some of these advanced uh, team-wide stats for the Chargers, which just backs up what I believe Justin Herbert has been able to do. So guided an interesting option, obviously, Justin Herbert uh, creating and cultivating an environment for players in the Chargers offense to really perform well. I think that has helped to make Austin Eckler one of the most exciting players in the league has helped to elevate Mike Williams. So I'm excited to see what this team, what this team can continue to do in the future. Let's pop back to the NFC for our final NFC team this week. So we're going to look at the Packers backfield and we're going to go back um, from week eight to week 15. That gives us seven games. Aaron Jones was unavailable in week 11. 
when the team played the Minnesota Vikings and then the Packers had a week 13 bye. So in the, in the numbers we're going to look at here, you have seven games for AJ Dillon, six for Aaron Jones, but there's a pretty uh, notable split here in that in those games, AJ Dillon, 98 rushing attempts, Aaron Jones, 62, uh, both averaging 4.1 yards per carry. AJ Dillon with three touchdowns, Aaron Jones with two. Uh, AJ Dillon, 18 receptions to Aaron Jones's 16. More receiving yards, 184 to 154. Uh, Jones with two receiving touchdowns, AJ Dillon with one. In terms of points, that is 100.9 for Dillon, 80.7 for Jones. Doesn't matter so much how we split this up or we account for the fact that maybe if Jones had one more game, he could have gotten to the 20 and it'd be flat. What I'm focusing on here is we're beginning to see a situation. I shouldn't say beginning. I think we are seeing a situation now where AJ Dillon is really seeing a similar role, a similar workload to Aaron Jones. And the team is really recognizing that they have a pretty good NFL running back on their hands. If we look at the last three games, uh, you have A.J. Dillon at 42 rushing attempts, Aaron Jones at 28. It's 162 yards for Dillon, 116 for Jones. So Jones has been 0.2 yards more efficient per carry, both with one rushing touchdown, each with six targets. Dillon's caught uh, his six targets. He caught all of them. You have Jones at five receptions on those six targets. Pretty similar in terms of receiving yards and then one more receiving touchdown for Aaron Jones translates into 38.8 fantasy points for Aaron Jones, 37.6 for AJ Dillon. I think that that is what we're going to continue to see across the rest of this season. And then if we consider this backfield moving forward into 2022, we're probably going to continue to have a split. And I think it would be fair to assume that we're reaching or we've reached the point where AJ Dillon could be the more attractive player. Uh, Aaron Jones has historically for the Packers scored a lot of points down in the green zone. Uh, but that is something that AJ Dillon is proving he can do pretty well. And I think what he's showing um, as a receiver is going to allow him to overtake Jones in a situation where they're getting fairly similar work. Now we know that Jones was brought back to green Bay um, on a contract that runs through 2024. Dylan's rookie contract expires in 2023. So we should expect to see at least two more years of overlap barring any type of trade or other move that would be hard to predict, but great stuff for AJ Dylan. I think that Aaron Jones, and this is something that Curtis and I will talk about in future episodes as we work our way into the off season. I think that Aaron Jones continues to have a role. Uh, you know, we saw when Jamal Williams was there, he and Aaron Jones both get involved. And the thing that makes this hard to project is what happens with Aaron Rodgers and how that creates a difference in this offense. If Aaron Rodgers were still in Green Bay next year, I think that these both that both of these backs would have some value and that you could expect at least somewhere like nine or ten points per game average out across the season for both of them. So you might not be getting that from each guy every week, but again, average out across the season, you would see that, which I would think would make them interesting players in dynasty. And we'll have to see how the market values them. But 
yeah, notable. Uh, I, I think that's pretty noteworthy there. The, the changing of roles, that's something that's been developing uh, for a number of weeks now and has really cemented itself. Let's pop back over to the AFC. The final team that we will look at this week is the Bills. And I don't have anything great to report from looking at this team's backfield. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the season, but it still holds. Did you know there has not been a single week this year in which the Buffalo Bills have produced an RB1 performance? That includes weeks where there was teams on bye, where notable running backs were injured. The team did not produce a single RB1 week. The beginning of the year, week two, we saw both Devin Singletary and Zach Moss finish as RB2s. And another week where Zach Moss, I think it was week three, was an RB2. Bit of a lel, random game here or there. Matt Breida had a couple of RB2 performances. Devin Singletary was an RB2 over the weekend. Low-level RB2. But, I mean, absolutely brutal for a team that looked like it should be very competitive in the AFC. And as a result of that, would keep one, if not two, running backs pretty fantasy relevant. But I mean, a huge disappointment when you have not seen any of these big games that can really elevate your team. And if you look at Josh Allen's rushing on the year, he has produced 555 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Devin Singletary has produced 633 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Zach Moss, 286 rushing yards and four touchdowns. That's in just 10 games. Matt Breida, um, 125 rushing yards and one touchdown. So that's a total of eight running back touchdowns. Uh, and you have Josh Allen at a total of four. So he's taking away some of the work, taking away some of the yards, but just very disappointing that we have not seen very much from any of the backs in Buffalo's backfields. Uh, perhaps this gives us somewhat of a discount on Singletary and Moss or whatever other option there might be in Buffalo's backfield next year. I think that's another thing to focus in on um, as perhaps we see some, some things revert. We see Buffalo get back to more of the success that they had last season, or perhaps, you know, they start to be more successful as we close out this year, which allows them to be a little bit stronger in the rushing game, but uh, pretty surprising stuff when you look at it there, especially because Singletary um, was a player and Moss were guys that I did get a little bit interested in for the reasons that I mentioned. And they also tend to perform pretty well in some of those leading indicator metrics. Uh, so we will definitely have to revisit them. Apologize for Curtis not being able to be here this week. I kind of had to do some of this off of the cuff. Um, if you have any questions that you want us to answer any topics, um, as you head into your matchups over this holiday weekend, get those into us um, on Twitter or via email um, before Wednesday night around eight. And I will do my best to get it incorporated into the show. Anyways, as always, appreciate you listening in. Glad that we still have so many of you with us at this point in the year. Hopefully that means that we've done something right and have helped you to get to this point 
in your uh, fantasy endeavors, or at the very least, you're enjoying spending a couple hours with us each week. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.